Hey, welcome to Church Experience and welcome to week one of our brand new teaching series, Big Dreams and Small Steps. If it's your first time with us at CE, we'd love to connect with you. The best way for us to do that is if you head over to our Church Experience website under the Connect page. We'd love to hear from you. It's also a great place to go at any point during today's service. If you have any questions, any comments, any prayer requests, love to hear from you. Love to get back to you. And of course, we'd love to be praying for you. Like I previously mentioned, this is week one of our brand new teaching series, Big Dreams and Small Steps, and I am so excited to get into it. So let's all stand. Let's sing some songs of praise to our God.
Dear Lord, thank you so much. For our salvation. For always following through what you promised us. You'll forever be exalted. You're beyond time. You always were. You always are. And you always will be. Our God. And Lord, we ask that you put our guards down, break our walls down so that way we can receive your word. So that way we can grow closer to you, Lord. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, 2022, it is here. And I, I know like me, you're probably still signing 2021 on everything and you have to scratch it out and be like, no, it's, that season's over. It's 2022. And it is over. 2021 is gone. It's in the rearview mirror and it's crazy how fast the years go by. But every season, every year has an ending point. When it's a calendar year, December 31 is the end of that season of our life. Sometimes the end of a season is when your kids grow up and move out of the house. Sometimes the end of a season is a retirement or a graduation. The seasons are always changing in our lives. And one thing that they all have in common is an ending point. And this year that we're now beginning 2022 is no different. And imagine if you could begin this new season, whether it's a new baby in the home, a new relationship, a new job. Imagine if you could begin this new season here at the very beginning, knowing that there will be a finish line. How much would that impact how you live while you're in that season? See, knowing that there's an end imparts so much wisdom. And today I wanted to equip you. I want to equip you with the wisdom that God gives us through his word to live with the end in mind. Second Corinthians chapter five is where we're going to begin today. And God's word has so much wisdom to share with us. And as you're powering your Bibles on and turning to second Corinthians chapter five, I gotta tell you, uh, Jennifer has two younger siblings and her younger sibling, her youngest sibling is her brother Brent. And Brent is a really good friend of mine. In fact, for 22 years now, we have been really close friends and we're both athletes. We play basketball with and against each other. He was a great high school football player and and so one day, Jennifer and Brent and I were walking into a mall and we saw some high school students coming out and they were tossing a football back and forth with each other. And as they were doing this, Brent and I probably had memories going through of past games that we had played together. And, and one of these high school students takes off running in our direction. He's just running through the parking lot going out for a pass from his friend. Well, Brent and I see this high schooler pass us by and we both look at each other with that same look in our eye. We played football many times, and so we didn't have to even voice it. We both knew what the other one was thinking. We're thinking interception. So we take off after this high school student just instinctively. We're chasing him down, going to jump up for the interception, and sure enough, the ball is passed, and it, and it sails right through our fingertips and right into this young man's hands. It was an amazing catch. But instead of stopping to celebrate the score, 
he sees these two strangers chasing him. So he just keeps on running for the back of the parking lot. We laughed so hard. It was hilarious. And Jennifer, she just looks at us, just shakes her head. I mean, she, she's come to expect these sort of things from her brother and her husband. You know what makes sports contests fun is that there is a finish line. That you don't just endlessly keep running and to the left or to the right. You, you have an ending point. You have a boundary line. You have an out of bounds. What makes sports contests engaging and enjoyable to watch is that there is a defined win. There's definition to the game, where you can play, what you can do. There's rules to engage the game and engage the other players. And what makes a sports contest enjoyable is not just the act of playing, is that there is an end in mind. I want you to write this lesson down. It's what I've titled today's message, Begin with the end in mind. That's today's first lesson. Begin with the end in mind. And imagine if you could begin this new season that you're entering, knowing that there's an end in mind. See, I I believe that the apostle Paul, he knew that there was an end to his life coming. And because he lived with that end in mind, God did some great things in his life while he lived. Second Corinthians chapter five, beginning in verse nine. He says, so we make it our goal to please him, whether we are at home in the body or away from it. He says, we make it our goal. Let me just pause there for a brief moment. As we go into a new season, many of us are in the habit of setting goals. I'm just curious today, how many of you are goal setters? Just raise your hand. I love to see that. How many of you love to set goals? Now, on the other end, there's, there's many who have tried New Year's resolutions. They've tried goals that didn't work. They didn't like it. How many of you are not for setting goals? You're, you're not a goal setter. Okay, so, so we have a little bit of, of both in our church. There's, there's a guy that I'm really close to in our church named Josh, and we're good friends, and, and we both are goal setters. And so we've, we've got together already, and we've shared our goals with each other for the year ahead. And, and I, I like setting goals. And, and whether you're a goal person or not, one thing we should be able to agree on is what Paul says here is that the highest goal, the highest motivation is to live for God, to please him to please God. That's, that's the highest goal. And he says, this is my goal. But, but it seems like Paul had a deeper drive than just a goal that he had written down. Like, like here's my goal. That, that's one level of motivation, but it seemed like he had a deeper well that allowed him to go through beatings and hardship. They're going through lack of having enough food to eat and going through imprisonment and all the things that he suffered. He had a deep drive and motivation. Comes from this verse 10. He says, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. See, Paul seemed to live with the end in mind. He says, one day we're gonna stand before the judgment seat of Christ, and we're gonna answer for the good and the bad. We'll be accountable for all of it. See, when he said this statement, he said this word, the judgment seat of Christ, everybody in Corinth, the church that he was writing to, they would have been very aware of a platform there in the center of their city. And this platform had a dual purpose. It both awarded athletic awards in their community. And they had seen people stand on this platform many a time and be awarded for an athletic contest. But they've also seen people stand by that same platform and be handed out accountability as punishment as consequence for the things that they did that were wrong. It it was both a platform, a a judgment seat, if you will, of award and of accountability. And Paul here alludes to it with that word and that language saying, we all will stand before God's judgment seat. 
where we will answer for both the good and the bad in our life. We'll be accountable to God. And Paul seemed to live his life and make his choices knowing that that end would eventually come in his life. That one day at the end, he would stand before God and give an account. With all of eternity ahead of him, he would give an account for how he lived in this finite time that we have here on earth. Well, it's not just in Corinthians that we hear this idea about an eternal reward and an ending point coming. Revelation chapter 22, Jesus' own words, Revelation chapter 22, verse 12. Jesus said, look, I am coming soon. My reward is with me and I will give to each person according to what they have done. I am the alpha and the omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Jesus said he's the first and the last, the beginning and the, come on, say it with me, the end. That's right, he's the end. Jesus is the beginning and the end. So when we say begin with the end in mind, what we're saying is begin knowing that one day you'll stand before Jesus, in fact, bow before him. That's the end that we're looking forward to, and he's our ultimate reward. But notice that he also says this. We just read it. He says, I will give to each person according to what they have done. He says, I have a reward with me. My reward is is with me, and I will give to each person according to what they have done. You know, Paul says the same things as we read in Corinthians. He says, you know, God's gonna hold us accountable for everything that we have done. We're gonna stand before him. There's, a, there's an end point in mind. And, and in 1 Corinthians chapter three, Paul helps define what it means to live with that end in mind. 1 Corinthians chapter three, verse eight. Paul says, the one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. So God rewards us according to our own labor. So we all have our own race to run. We all have our own abilities and talents that God's given us. We have our own responsibilities, our own calling. There's people that, that God has put in your life to reach. There's, there's goals that he wants you to accomplish in life for his glory. There's things that God wants you to uniquely do. And it says that we will be, rewarding according, will be rewarded according to our own labor. So you have your own race to run. Which means that comparison, comparing yourself to somebody else's race is a very bad idea. Comparing yourself to someone else is a, is a terrible idea. The, the devil uses it to steal your peace and to steal your joy. Comparison is a, a thief. And one of the ways that we went over comparison is to clarify the vision that God has for us in our life. Back in, earlier in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 6, right before he said that statement, Paul says this. He says, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes it grow. So it's not really about us anyway. And this, this comparison, he's comparing himself to another preacher at this point. Other people are making the comparison. He said, you know, it's not really about him and it's not really about me. It's really about God. It's not about the one who plants. It's not about the one who waters and builds. It's, it's, it's really ultimately about God because he's the one that brings the result. He's the one that brings the growth. And so Paul, what he's saying here is that comparison is, 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 not, is not a good thing. Have you been asking the wrong questions in your life? How can I attain more than that person? How can I be more successful than she is? How can I accomplish more than him? 
We're asking the wrong types of questions and we're setting the wrong kinds of goals. This is the lesson out of this. My goal should please God, not try to impress people. My goal should be to please God in everything that I do, not, not try to impress people. For example, where does God want me to end up at the end of this year? Not, not where do I want to end up at the end of 2022? What kind of relationships and family would be most pleasing to God in my life? If that's the end in mind, if you clarify that end, you know, for, for me in my race, in my life, the relationships that are closest to me, what would a win look like there this year, 2022? How do I hope that 2022 will end? Where do I wanna be with my relationship with Jesus? What do I want my prayer life to look like? What do I want to have learned about God? What kind of impact do I want to have made for God over this next season? See, if you can begin this year knowing how you want it to end, it'll change the decisions that you make. Begin with the end in mind. My second oldest son, Kylan, told me a joke the other day. He said, hey, Dad, why, why did the seagulls not fly over the bay? I'm like, I don't know. I thought they did. Why, why don't they fly over the bay? And he goes, well, it's obvious. They don't want to become bagels. <laughs> like, okay, that's, that's pretty good, son. And I love watching seagulls. I love watching hawks. I love watching birds fly. But there's one bird I love to watch the most. And I think it's the pelican. I love to watch the pelican because it'll cruise. And not, not real high like, like some of the seagulls that are just way up there. I mean, it'll cruise like maybe 20 feet above the water. And it's just cruising along, surveying the, the water, looking for a meal. And then when it sees a fish, man, that thing just instantly dive bombs right into the water. And it grabs that fish. It's got its meal. And it is good to go. Now, I just love watching it just survey over the water, looking. And, and what if you just surveyed over your life at this point? So you know what? What is the win that God wants to bring out of this new season of my life? If I just survey my family, like what's the state of my family? What's, what's the state of my spiritual life? What's my health looking like? Am I honoring God in that part of my life? Wait, like just every area of your life, just, just survey through your life. And, and with this prayer in mind, God, what do you want the end to look like at the end of this year? How can I please you? And not just this year, but at the end of my life, in, in these things that you've put in my hands, these things I'm responsible for, these people that are in my life, God, what would the ultimate end look like? Well, of course, helping them grow closer to Jesus, me walking with him. Like, like, what would it look like for you to live with the end in mind? Habakkuk chapter two in the Old Testament, talking about a specific revelation, God's word says, Write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it. This is written about a specific time and place, but it's a great principle. God is saying, write it down. Write the vision down. Make it plain. Make it clear. What if you were to write down the vision that God is putting on your heart and make it clear? Say, so this is what my goal is this year. This is what my aim is. This is what my vision. A vision is, is just a plan. It's just a plan that you commit to and you say, I'm, I'm going to do my best to accomplish this plan. And plans change. But if you don't plan, your vision is just a daydream. It's just a hope. It's an aspiration. But once you commit to it and you write it down, you say, this is the kind of dad I'm going to be this year. This is the kind of wife I'm going to be. The kind of husband. This is the kind of worker I'm going to be. This is what I want to accomplish. You commit your way to the Lord. So how do I how do I know what vision to pursue? What, what, what vision, what if I don't know? What if I'm not certain what God wants me to accomplish this year and what I should go after? 1 Corinthians chapter three again, down in verse 11. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. 
If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved even though only as one escaping through the flames. Paul here is saying very simply that there is a reward for those who work for God. And if you build with things that are eternal, your work will be rewarded. Now, this is not an issue of our salvation. Our salvation is not dependent on our work. The Bible's so clear about it. God's work through Christ, Christ's finished work on the cross, that's the ultimate work. And that's the foundation that he's alluding to. He says, for, for no one can build any foundation other than the one that's already laid, which is Christ. Now, you, you can't build anything that lasts, anything that's truly significant without building it on the foundation of Christ. The gospel is that no one can come to the Father except through Jesus. And Jesus gave his life so you could have eternal life, but also your best life here and now with Christ. Because there's no better life to experience than a life filled with love, joy, and peace that comes only through a personal relationship with God. And it's not built on all the things that you do. That's religion. It's through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ where you confess your sins to him and receive him into your life. Like That's the good news. That's the good news. And that's the foundation. But he says, your, your salvation's not built on your work, but yet you still have work to do after you've been saved. And, and how you do that work is critically important. If you go after that work with, with God's tools, so to speak, if you go after building things that are eternal, people, seeing lives changed and transformed in Jesus' name, populating heaven, listen, like that work, that's gonna last, that's eternal. And, and when this world is done, when that day comes, that day of judgment comes, that will last and you'll receive a reward. He says that word, your work, and he connects it to your reward. But he says those who do not build with eternal things, instead of investing their life with what matters, they spend their life, they waste it on all kinds of trivial pursuits and other passions that are worldly and hobbies and things that are just, they're part of this life, but they're not gonna be a part of eternal life. They're just, they're passing in this life. And, and they wasted their life. He says, you will escape as one escaping through the flames. And what he's trying to communicate is that that you, you have this one life to live and you can invest it or you can waste it. And if you waste it, it's not a, a matter of your salvation. So that, that was all on Christ's work, not your work. Let's, let's separate these two. But you still have work to do. And if you waste your time and squander your time here on earth for God and, and you don't work on things that really matter and that are eternal, you'll still escape with your soul. You'll escape the fires of hell. But he says, as one escaping through the flames. It's like you're, you're barely making it through. But it's not a matter of your salvation. It's a matter of your reward. And he connects our work to our reward. And Jesus says, I have my reward with me. And over and over again, you see that there's this, there's this reward for those who honor God. See, how do, you, how do you set your vision? How do you clarify what's really gonna last and what's gonna matter? Over Christmas, my brother got a, a gift from his wife and it was, a, it was a really large magnet attached to a rope. And there's this thing, I don't know if you've heard of it, it's called magnet fishing. And you can go out into a water, uh, especially a place that's is populated where people often come and go, and, and you can throw this large magnet out into the water. And you can, you can pull it in with this rope. And it's like fishing, but instead of fishing for fish, you're fishing for something of value that happens to be metal. 
And so we went out to a, a bridge on a, on a local river where he's out there in Michigan. And we threw this, this oversized magnet out to the river. And we were pulling it in, trying to catch stuff. And we got, we got a, a little fishing reel rod. That was kind of fun. We found some screws, some things like that. But one time we threw it out, and, and we caught something big. And we're pulling it in. We're like, man, we got something big. We got a big one. It's like fishing, man. We got, we got something big. And we pull it in, and it's, this is this big metal rod. You know, we had in our minds like a big metal chest with gold bars in it or something. You know, we're excited about what are we going to find in it. This is a big metal bar of it. But, you know, what's interesting is when you throw this, this magnet out into the water, I mean, sometimes you pull it back and, and nothing sticks. And then sometimes you catch something and you pull it back and there's a piece of metal on the bottom that was laying in this riverbed. And whatever's metal sticks and it, and it lasts and it comes up. And, and what Paul is saying here is that the things that are eternal, they stick. They last. And, and so invest your life in the things that are going to stick, they are going to matter, that are going to last. Don't waste and squander your life. Invest it in the things that are going to matter. So, so let's bring this back to where we started. Begin with the end in mind. As we go into 2022, you know that this year has an end on the calendar. You know that Jesus could come back this year. And if not this year, it could be next year. We don't know when he's going to come back, but we know that there's an end. And if not because Jesus comes back, you know that your life has an end. You know your tombstone will have an ending date. So knowing that there's an end to the season that you're in, being aware of the, the end that is in mind, how should you live now? What goals should you set? What aspirations should you have? Because if you don't have aspirations that are eternal, that are going to matter in eternity, you're wasting your one life. And Jesus says there's an eternal, a lasting reward. Jesus is the ultimate reward that's secured through our faith in him. But he says, I, I bring my reward with me and I'll reward those. I'll reward those for what they have done. Our, our, our work matters here on earth. So what are you investing your life into? Now, many of us, our work can be a distraction from what really matters. Maybe you're busy in your career and your career can certainly be done for God, but, but you know, a career that, that in your work that leads to a family that's in ruins and kids that resent you because of your work, and a nice house that's kept up great, but yet you never invite anybody to the house of God, incredible grades in school, but yet you had no influence for Christ in, in your classroom. Listen, there's certain work that you can get into that can distract you from the real work. So how do you clarify this? Maybe you wanna write this final lesson down. Who you become will outlast what you attain. Who you become will outlast what you attain. It's not so much this next season about what you do. That's important. It's, it's clear throughout scripture what we do is important. But who you become in God's eyes is most important because everything you do flows out of who you are. So who will you become this year? What should your real vision be? Really, it should have a lot to do with who you want to become. The kind of person you want to become. What you want to plant that will grow up and last for all of eternity. So as we look back like a pelican over our life and we fly over the whole of our life and we survey it, what's that one thing that you're gonna focus in on and dive into this year? Something that's gonna really last, something that will shape who you are and will have an outcome that will last for eternity. What are you gonna do and how are you gonna go about doing it? My hope is that this year will be an incredible year as you have big dreams for God and you take small steps to get there, one step at a time, one day at a time, throughout this whole season, knowing it will end, but knowing that it matters as we live to please God. Right on, right on. Come on, let's pray. 
God, we thank you so much for entrusting us with the gift of life. What an amazing responsibility that you've given to us. And I pray, God, that as we go throughout this, this life that you've given, this new season that you've given us, this new year, that we would be faithful to honor you, to build on the foundation of Jesus, to live for you, Lord, but also to be faithful to tell others about this incredible news, to invest our lives in what really matters, pointing people to you, Jesus, making a difference in the world, building up your kingdom, helping those in need. May we live for the things that are eternal and the things that matter. And God, I pray that you give us a clear vision so that we can increase our motivation for you, a clear vision of what it looks like to honor you and live for you and please you. Thank you for the example in your, in your word in the Bible of those who've gone before us. May we follow those examples, this great cloud of witnesses that surrounds us and has gone before us. May we run our race with perseverance, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. Jesus, we love you so much. We thank you for who you are and what you mean to us today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today at Church Experience Online. We'd love to hear what you thought about today's service. Head over to churchexperience.tv connect. Bring your questions, your comments, your prayer requests. Love to hear from you. Love to get back to you. And of course, we'd love to be praying for you. If you want some more Church Experience content throughout your week, head over to our social media pages, our Facebook, our Instagram, our CE website, and download the Church Experience app. We hope to see each and every one of you back here next week. But until then, we'll see you.